Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here I am. Romeo Dobbs of Happy Hour. Great health from Panama. Great health. Great health. I'm here every great day. Health. Yeah. Great health. You got great yeah. hair. You're yeah. here every day. Yeah. 15 minutes early. Quality, quality uh, wardrobe. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're, you're punctual. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Really good. High floor. High floor. Yeah. Yes. Really good at Avoids hits, like yeah. Kyle Lockett. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Avoids hits. Yeah, Jim Rack. Jim Rack, you're constantly, you work, constantly working out. Yeah, Maybe exactly. sneaky athletic, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very exactly. sneaky. High character as well. Yeah, Thank character. you. Wow. Good locker room guy. Yeah, wow. He's a good locker room guy. Wow. That's what I'm he already is. on the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> that. it's amazing how that works out. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. My confidence has never been higher. I'm Connor <laughs> Rogers alongside Jay Croucher. And you see him over there, Matthew Berry. Matthew, where are you? I am uh, I'm at my house. I am, uh, I'm in the one room that I can find that is quiet here during the summer. With Labor Day weekend upon us, all of my kids are home. Uh, all except my, my son Connor, who's at uh, Alabama. But four of my five kids are in the house. They've got girlfriends and friends over. So I'm in my daughter's old room is where I am. It's the one place that I can find that will be quiet and has uh, good internet for us. So yeah, so yeah, that is a stuffed unicorn you see behind me. Absolutely. Um, my, uh, you know, my daughters have since moved into their older brother's room. They've, they split up my twin daughters, but you know, at some point, at one point they slept in the same room and uh, you're looking at it. Yeah, well, two things. One, just to clarify, he is not your son, though that often we does get mistaken for. It's a different Connor. Secondly, can you talk to us about the, uh, you're kind of obscuring the stuffed teddy bear that it looks like you're holding hostage in the chair behind you. Is there a story behind that one? There's another yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's mine. That's, that, that one's mine. And you can't <laughs> let it escape. You can't let it escape, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, yeah. That, that teddy bear, by the way, I've broken that teddy bear down. That teddy bear will answer any question you want and do any response you want. Like, I have, I've broken it down. Kind of like, um, kind of like what they did to Reek in uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, That's what I've done wow. with this teddy bear. Unbelievable. All right, now that okay. we've sifted through the chaos of, <laughs> of the Berry home, we have a busy Friday. We are going to go through some of the 10 lists of 10. Of course, from Matthew, we got preseason risers. But before we get into that, of course, our player news as well. Get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code Berry20 for 20% off at checkout. J10 or Connor5. Listen, we have some notable Roto World player news to kick off the show with. Something that we've been keeping an eye on throughout the summer uh, seemed to have a setback, and that is Cooper Cup's injury. Rams head coach Sean McVay said that he had a setback. He's day-to-day. It's being classified, Jay, as a muscle strain. But for a player that we consistently talk about as a first-round wide receiver because of the offense he's in, because of the talent he has, 
This is not what you want to hear as we creep closer to week one. No, absolutely not. And that's why Cooper Cup drafters, they drink for free today uh, on the set of the Should happy hour. until Labor Day weekend. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, I mean, with Cup, it's just the bad vibes, the bad juju just continues. Right. Obviously, ends last season not playing uh, after he does his ankle, and now he's got the hamstring, which is lingering. And the, the issue is, is that these soft tissue injuries, particularly for veterans, and Cup is 30, uh, it's just... You just don't feel comfortable drafting Cooper Cup. And so now it's a question of, one, how far does he slide? And two, who picks up the slack in the meantime if he does miss week one, which at this point seems likely. And I mean, between Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, you know, feeling great about those guys. I think Tyler Higby will see an increase. We're going to talk about Cam Akers later in the show, but I think Akers is a guy as well. He's going to see a lot more work. Barry, what's your take on this? Is this something where it actually affects him in your rankings? Do you think that it's become this significant with Cup? Look... It's, you know, it's hashtag not ideal. Let's be clear about that, right? I mean, like, so he's a wide receiver over the age of 30 that suffered a major injury last year, hurt in the preseason, re-injures it. Now, they're saying all the right things. Hopefully he's there for opening day, but certainly it makes you a little bit nervous. I've moved him down in my overall ranks, right? I've moved him behind Tyreek Hill, behind Austin Eckler, behind Travis Kelsey. I'm at seven overall. And honestly, like, if you took... If I was in a draft with you and you took Bijan Robinson ahead of him, you took Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, you know, even Garrett Wilson ahead of him, I wouldn't look at you like, really, what are you doing? So there's concern with Cooper Cup where there wasn't before. The problem is, is that the upside is so massive. We've talked about this again. I, Jay has brought this up. We've talked, like, last year on a points-per-game basis, not Justin Jefferson, not Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup was still the number one wide receiver in fantasy football uh, I do think, again, Tyler Higby is one of my favorite later round tight end targets because, you know, I think he's going to have at least a 20 to 22 percent target share. And if Cup's injury lingers for a week or two, it'll go up even more. But yeah, not a lot else on Cooper Cup. So I'm a little nervous about him, but still into the first round, I'm taking him. Like I said, in my personal ranks, I'm seventh overall. Yep. Last thing on Cup, there is some awkward correlation here where the more time that Cup misses, the more likely they are to lose games. The more that they lose, the less likely they are to be incentivized to bring him back. And so I would just worry that they're going to take their time whenever Cup is injured. And if there is re-injury, which hamstring injuries do tend to get re-injured more than, than other injuries, then all of a sudden Cup uh, is in trouble. Well, Jay, I think it's a great point. Look at their schedule as we show it here. They start out at Seattle. That's not easy. They play the 49ers. I mean, we know the 49ers are one of the favorites in the NFC. And then they travel to Cincinnati. So if Cup's not ready to go out of the gate, you can make an argument that the Rams are in significant trouble the first three weeks of the season. Yep, they're five-and-a-half-point underdogs in Seattle. I think that line could get even bigger, honestly. Uh, and then Niners at Bengals. I mean, at Colts, that will be easier, but, I mean, at this rate, they'll be underdogs in that game, too. And then the Eagles, there's a very good chance that they're one-and-four, and they're already kind of planning for the future because they don't have their quarterback of the future on the roster. Uh, and this draft is an opportunity for them to reload. Sneaky, sneaky bet to pick wow. one overall. Yeah, yeah. Ten, they're ten to one to have the worst right. record in the NFL, and I think that, that is that is very much in play, particularly if Cup is going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season, and then that continues to build. Meanwhile, did you guys just for, completely forget about the drive-by shot that Jay Croucher took at Stetson Bennett? Stetson <laughs> Bennett hasn't even played a doubt. They don't have their quarterback of the future. You don't know that. Take That's- everyone's doubt at Stetson Bennett, national champion Stetson Bennett. 
Stetson Bennett's 36 years old. He's, uh, he's very much for the current. I'm not sure yeah. he's going to lead them into, uh, into the future. Yeah, they left out that not only Stafford isn't figuring out how the new kids, uh, the young kids, yeah. hang these days. Stetson Bennett hasn't figured <laughs> it out either. All right, more player news here on Kendra Miller. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said he's dealing with a hamstring injury. So this seems to be a new injury, Jay, for Kendra Miller in a backfield that could be a little thin week one. We know Alvin Kamara's dealing with the three-game suspension. Jamal Williams is there, and we know what he could do. But at the end of the day, if Kendrick Miller's not ready to roll, uh, things get birthed in for New Orleans. Yeah, and this is a very sneaky, high-leverage fantasy spot this season, is if you can solve the New Orleans backfield and draft the guy who's going to provide the most value relative to ADP, then you're sitting very pretty. It's kind of like picking the wide receiver in Baltimore who's going to pop. Because the thing with the Saints is that they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. They are the division favorites in the NFC South for a reason. And they're going to be running the ball in a lot of second halves. And right now, in terms of who that the guy is going to be, I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to miss the first few games. Jamal Williams uh, is going to be a, likely a touchdown machine, but isn't going to get three down usage. And so Kendra Miller was the interesting one, but the fact that he is going to be compromised as well. I mean, I'm not really sure what to do with this situation. I think Alvin Kamara might be getting to the point where he's drifting too much. And I know he's not an exciting guy to draft, but at some point he's going to become a value. Barry, is this a situation that it helps out Jamal Williams, or do you think no matter what, the Saints got to find somebody else to take some of the, the work off his plate as well? Look, I think it certainly helps Jamal Williams. Those first three games should line up very nicely for him. He'll be a very, you know, very chalk play in DFS. Uh, but this feels like, wait, what is that? That's Taysom Hill music. Like, I mean, this is feel, right? This is... Like, we're all going to be on Jamal Williams for the first three weeks, and it's going to be, you know, Jason Hill, three carries for eight yards and two touchdowns. Like, feels like that's what's coming our way, you know, just to completely annoy us. Um, it's certainly – it's a setback for Kendra Miller in terms of missing time, and then he was already going to be third in the depth chart. Kendra Miller, I think, is a, is a name that we will be talking about in the second half of the year. I really like him. I am out on Kamara this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he made the hate list for a reason. I ultimately, I'd much rather have, in drafts even now, I get it, Jay, when you're talking about how Kamara keeps falling, and at some point you're just like, all right, let's see if he's got anything. But uh, I prefer Kendry Miller at cost than uh, to Alvin Kamara because Kendry Miller is basically free in drafts. And, yes, I don't think anyone likes Jamal Williams, except Jamal Williams is a perfectly fine, good, solid running back who should get a lot of run. I'm nervous about being vultured by Taysom Hill here. But, yeah, they don't have – I mean, they have, they have Kirk Merritt, they have Merritt. They signed Tony Jones, who's been there for a while. They signed him again to the practice squad. But, no, it does feel like it'll be Jamal Williams and probably a little bit of Taysom Hill in that first three weeks. Let's get into our 10 list of 10 preview. Barry, this is yeah. obviously something that's free on NBCSports.com. You can read all 10 lists of 10, something that you do every single year. Uh, but the one that we are going to go really in-depth out of the gate on is the 10 preseason storylines I'm buying. A perfect time to react to these. So, Barry, I'll start with number one. Darren Waller will be the focal point of Brian Dable's passing game. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen this in the preseason, just being peppered with targets, targets, targets. We've talked about him a lot. Darren Waller, of course, on my love list as well. So you can argue that maybe I'm just confirming my priors. But the fact is, is that he is healthy. He is motivated. He is a perfect fit in terms of the crossing rocks that he runs. He's a perfect fit for the kind of offense that Dayball likes to run. You think about how many targets they uh, Dayball used to send to the slot to like Cole Beasley in Buffalo. And now he's got a big, fast guy who's a total mismatch in Darren Waller. Also, look at what Daniel Jones does really well. He throws between the numbers. And so 
I think that Darren Waller is on the short list of tight ends that could lead their team in targets, receiving yards, and receptions. Kelsey is one of them. Andrews is one of them. And Darren Waller is one of them as well. I think outside of Kelsey, he's got top two fantasy tight end upside. That's within the range of outcomes if Waller stays healthy this year. Yeah, you've consistently ranked him over George Kittle throughout this summer. Jay, are you buying in on Waller's fit with the Giants? I think so, and he's someone whose ADP is surging and people are really yeah. buying in. I mean, that, that drive didn't help in the preseason. <laughs> Three targets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. with Waller, last time he was healthy and played a full season in 2020, he finished as tight end two. So he clearly has that upside. And the other thing with Waller is that he's 30 years old, he's about to turn 31, but he's only played 74 games in the NFL. He hasn't had that much wear and tear because of the turmoil uh, early on in his career. So I think, that, I think that Waller and Andrews, I think those two guys can be closer to Travis Kelsey. And I'd rather at cost have Waller or Andrews than you know spend a really high early pick on Travis Kelsey. Jay, how about number two here? Because I remember how high you were on Lamar Jackson going into last year, and now there's even more optimism this year because of Todd Munkin's hiring. Number two is Lamar Jackson will return to MVP form in Todd Munkin's high-octane offense. We know the new weapons they put around him. They invested a first-round pick in Zay Flowers. They gave Odell Beckham a lot of money on a one-year deal, and everything's pointing up after Lamar got paid. Yeah, and with Lamar, I just I find it so hard to just shake the prior of the 2019 season still, and still I keep on expecting that guy and that kind of performance to come back when he won MVP unanimously. And then in 2020, 21, he was banged up, but he also just wasn't as good as he was in 2019, and maybe the league adjusted. But last year when he was healthy, he was starting to get back to that level. He was in the MVP mix, and I think that you know if if they are gonna air it out more, that's only gonna help him. He is, I mean, it's it's silly to say about Lamar Jackson because everyone says it, but he is an underrated passer. He's an excellent passer to compliment, obviously, the dynamism on the ground. So, yeah, it's very much within the realms of possibilities that Lamar Jackson is the number one quarterback in fantasy. Barry, are you aligned with that? You think Lamar can make a significant run even over, you know, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and a lot of it's just kind of health-related? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, that's a a preseason storyline. I'm buying into, I'm buying into the revamped Ravens high-octane offense under Todd Monk. And, look, here's what I'll tell you. I have Lamar Jackson at four. He made my love list. But if you told me, Connor, you're like, hey, Matt, Barry, here's one thing I can tell you. I can look into my crystal ball, and I'm gonna, I'm going to assure you, Lamar Jackson is playing all 17 games this year. He's not getting hurt. If you told me that, he'd be my number one ranked quarterback in fantasy. Literally, only knock on Lamar Jackson, who last year, in a down year, still had over 700 yards rushing, still was a top six quarterback on a points per game basis. That was last year where he got hurt. He didn't have nearly the the offensive play calling around him or the weapons around him. Like he was doing it with like Devin Duvernay, right? And Demarcus Robinson and guys like that. And so, um, yeah, my only concern on Lamar is health because obviously he's missed a significant amount of time the last couple of years. But if you told me 17 games, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy, no question. All right, Barry, number three, which I'm a fan of here, and we got a taste of in the last preseason game, but we've gotten a taste of it since Aaron Rodgers arrived at Florham Park. With Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, Garrett Wilson will have a monster breakout season, becoming the new Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen the hard knocks. We've seen the the quotes about, you know, literally Aaron Rodgers calling him Devontae Adams. Connor, you cover that team really well. You do a great job for it. Uh, over at SNY. You tell me, am I insane on this one? But I just think Garrett Wilson, I have Garrett, I have Garrett Wilson as a top 10 wide receiver, and I feel very confident in that. And this is a guy who had over 17 points with, you know, with Joe Flacco and Mike Mike White. And now 
He gets Aaron Rodgers, who's going to do everything in his power, I think, to make Garrett Wilson have a monster season. I'm with you all the way. You see the 147 targets on the screen. Corey Davis retires. Now you have a better quarterback, a team that will be able to throw when they want to. That number will go up. He should get 170, 175 targets this year. I think he's a bigger presence in the red zone with Rodgers. We saw the quit them check out of a run play in the red zone and throw him the, uh, the fade. So, Jay, I mean, it's hard not to buy into Garrett Wilson because of the carousel he dealt with at this position last year and still won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, one of the sneaky things about last season was just how desperate Jets fans were for Mike White to get healthy. <laughs> because that they were clamoring so, for yeah, it. Because of how bad Flacco, who just could not move uh, by the end, and Zach Wilson, obviously, how bad they were. I mean, Chris Streveler got in there at some point as well. And Wilson was still able to put up those 1,100 yards. And now you get Rodgers. And Rodgers last year, he wasn't close to the MVP of 2020 and 2021. But I wonder how much was that he was just at the end of his time with Green Bay. He didn't have a Garrett Wilson type of receiver, and also he was injured. And so I think that just the leap that Wilson is going to get going from those four quarterbacks last year to Rodgers, that's as big of a leap as anyone's going to get in terms of guys feeding them the ball. That takes us to number four, which includes another second-year player, and this one is Damian Pierce will dominate touches in the Houston's backfield and catch 40-plus passes while running behind a better-than-you-think offensive line Jay yeah I like that I think Damian Pierce is one of the best pure runners in football uh I mean just look at this just the way that he runs angry I always think about how he dominated the Philadelphia Eagles in prime time last year they had no answer for him and his stats are skewed by just these random games last year where against Miami had five carries for eight yards the week before against Washington 10 carries for eight yards and the Texans were so bad last year that he just found himself in these game states where he just had no chance to produce and so I think the offense will be better. I think the team will be better overall. And I think that, you know, he can be a guy who is, you know, consistently getting close to 20 carries a game and being efficient and getting a little bit more work in the receiving game. I mean, you can probably speak to that better than I can, Connor. What's his upside uh, as a pass catcher? He's got good hands. And he's got, it's once again, came out of college and is a great pass protector. So that gets you on the field in those roles. And, Jay, we, saw, we showed right there what he can do in space with the ball. He's just so difficult to tackle. Not to get crazy, but we always talk about on this show how great of a pure runner that Nick Chubb is. Damian Pierce has that same style where it's upper body power, it's lower body power, and it's just pure determination. I mean, there was a play in college where they knocked his helmet off, and he kept running through people. So, Barry, this is a really fun one because Pierce, for some reason, has been slightly overlooked this summer. I think we were puzzled by his ADP a couple weeks ago. So I think Jay and I are completely aligning with you that he should have a monster year for the Texans. Yeah, I mean, look, he's on my love list, um, and we we had a draft. We had our show draft yesterday, and all you animals snaked me a ton, but I was able to get Damian Pierce at least uh, in in that league. And like we've, we, you know, he's definitely one of my guys. He's one of my most rostered players this year. Dwayne McFarlane, my friend Dwayne McFarlane, who does a great job over at FantasyLife.com, he writes something called the Utilization Report, and so he did a preseason utilization report, and this is per Dwayne. He's played seven drives with C.J. Stroud, right, the first-team offense. In the preseason, Damian Pierce has played seven drives with C.J. Stroud this season, this preseason. In those drives, Pierce has logged 83% of the snaps, 83% of the rushing attempts, and had a 67% route participation. Those are like eye-popping numbers. Those are, those are elite usage numbers when you compare them with other well-known pass-catching running backs, a 67% route participation the anti-Damian Pierce argument is, is like, oh, he's going to come off the field for De- De- Devin Singletary in third down. Oh, he's not that good. Oh, the Texans are brutal. 
so they're going to be down and, and throwing a lot. Well, again, that 67% route participation, yes, it's all sm- small sample size, but this is what they're doing with their starting offense in the preseason. That's what we expect this year with a new coaching staff in place. Um, that means that he's not leaving the field on third down. To your point, Connor, it's within his skill set that came out of college. And so Devin Singletary, who, by the way, if you look at the numbers, isn't that good of a pass catcher, actually. He has not been great at that in the pros. I think Devin Singletary is more depth than kind of a 1A, a 1B to his 1A. My expectation here is Pierce gets at least 70% of the running back touches, maybe 75%. He doesn't come off the field. The Texans offensive line, I think, is better than people give it credit for. So, yeah, I'm in on Damian Pierce. I'm his running back 13. I'm buying I'm buying this preseason usage uh, that a true bell cow season is coming for Pierce, a potential RB1 season, but not at RB1 prices. The fifth preseason storyline that you're buying, Barry, that the Steelers offense will take a nice step forward this year with Kenny Pickett being a nice late-round quarterback sleeper and that Jalen Warren will be a much bigger part of the offense at the expense of Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris is somebody that Jay Croucher took in our show draft. I was so glad that he uh, he took that. Um, took him in the took sixth round. Hit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't wait till Jalen Warren takes this job over. Look, there's been five preseason drives that the first-team offense has played, and those five drives, Kenny Pickett, 13 for 15, 199 yards, two touchdowns. Warren has candidly looked more explosive. And I think the most interesting thing here is that he's starting to play a little bit on first down. Look, we know Jalen Warren's going to be the third down guy. But what happened a few times in the preseason is that he would stay on the field for third down, he would convert the third down, and then he would get run on first and second down. And so if you're telling me, call it a third of the early down work, that two-thirds of the early down work goes to Najee Harris and a third of the early down work goes to Jalen Warren, and then all the passing down work goes to Jalen Warren, I much prefer Jalen Warren at cost to Najee Harris than Najee Harris this year. And I'm, I'm a big believer in the entire offense. Like, I could have thrown in Deontay Johnson or George Pickens here, Pat Fryermuth, who uh, Jay did get, and I like Fryermuth this year. Uh, I just think that entire offense takes a big step forward. Kenny Pickett has looked fantastic this preseason. Everyone talks about how the Lions ended the season last year. No one talks about the Steelers going 7-2 and two down the stretch last year we talked about this uh the other day last week on the show with drew dinsick and totally agree with this that mike tomlin is a great bet for coach of the year yep mike tomlin in the 25 to 1 range for coach of the year which is way too big when you consider that the steelers are like plus 450 to win the division if they win that division which might be the best division in football mike tomlin who has never won coach of the year is going to get a ton of credit there Uh, i think that should be more like 12 to 1 for coach of the year With Najee Harris, uh, to borrow Matthew's phrase, I'm buying the dip on Najee Harris, where people are starting to treat him like he's Kenyon Drake. Like, Najee Harris is good. He was a a high draft pick for a reason. He's still going to get the first crack at that role. I think this offense is just going to be better overall. Yes, Jalen Warren is going to eat into his time, but I still think, I mean, this is two drafts in a row now where I've got him in the late fifth, early sixth round. Like, that is too late for Najee Harris. Uh, And, yeah, I'm buying this offense overall. Loved what Pickett showed toward the end of the season. I mean... Kind of, you know, this as well as anyone. Like, he was thrown into the fire last year where he had to face the Jets and the Bills as his first two games. And then he really grew into the season. I think back to those game winning drives that he led against Vegas, against Baltimore in prime time, looked the part. Uh, Offensive line will be better. Pickens, wide receiver two uh, in year two. I think that he's going to have a big year too. So there are, uh, there is a basis for success for Kenny Pickett this year. 
All right, number six here, Jay. Luke Musgrave is the real deal and will be a viable mid-tier tight end two with legit tight end one upside. We've talked a lot how, sure, there's Christian Watson there and maybe Romeo Dobbs has a nice year two, and we know they have the two running backs. With Green Bay's offense, especially the reps with the starters that Musgrave has seen this summer, he feels like one of those tight end finds, and he's been this way for Barry. Barry slowly moved him up the ranks. One of those tight end finds that you're just hoping the target share can really help him. Yeah, and I think just conceptually, you want to take flyers in situations where there's a lot of uncertainty. For instance, I think like the Bengals have a pretty certain situation with their top two wide receivers and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow. Green Bay, we have no idea what that team is going to be. Christian Watson is the number one wide receiver, but outside of that, I mean, there is just a ton of uncertainty and uncertainty. Yeah, uncertainty creates upside, and I think Luke Musgrave, uh, you know, particularly at the tight end position, he can capture some of that. Barry, well, I know you've, you've slowly bought in to Luke Musgrave as this summer has gone on. What's that process been like? Just What's this slowly? I've been on him for quite some time now uh, talking about just look. The fact of the matter is, is like his size-speed combo. Connor, we talked about this a little bit on draft night when he went to the Packers, and we've talked about it throughout the preseason. He made my love list again, but um, – I've just been watching him in practice. I've been seeing I've been seeing him in games, and I'm just like, this guy is bigger. A guy that size shouldn't be that fast. And now he's playing tight. He's playing tight end. He's going to be matched up against linebackers. It's just um, uh, it's unfair. And the fact is, is that he's playing a lot. So again, going back to um, Dwayne. So that's just what I've noticed watching the games. And then Dwayne McFarland again, his preseason utilization report on FantasyLife.com. He noted this. Jordan Love had 37 dropbacks this preseason. And of those 37 dropbacks, Luke Musgrave had an 84% route participation, a 22% target share. Those are tight end one numbers. Now, the the track record of rookie tight ends having fantasy production isn't a long list, right? You've got you've got Gronk, you've got Evan Ingram, uh, you know, you've had flashes here and there. Um, but Dulcich last year, you know, had some moments. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that I want to go into a season with him as my starting tight end. I'd want somebody that's a little bit more established. But I absolutely love him as a number two tight end or for deeper leagues as a flyer because I do think there's a decent chance he's the number two pass catcher on what I think will be a better-than-people-think offense. There's a chance Jordan Love is good, guys. I actually think Jordan Love is going to be, you know, adequate to decent. I don't know that he's going to be great. But I think there's a chance he's above average. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, that takes us to number seven. After an offseason where the acquisitions of DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny were the big talking points around the Eagles' backfield, Number seven here, Barry, Kenneth Gainwell will have a legit role in that Eagles backfield. 
we talked about this when the news came out that he was running with the ones and people were like, well, come on. And they're just, they're just resting Swift and Penny who have had extensive injury histories. Like, you know, when the, when the real games start, it'll be Penny and Swift, Swift and Penny and gain, uh, you know, Gainwell will just have his, you know, small little role. And I don't think that's the case. Again, if you watch these games, this is going to be a three headed monster. Ultimately, the Eagles' backfield will be a three-headed monster with Swift, Penny, and Gainwell. You'll still see a little bit of Boston Scott. Obviously, Jalen Hurts always a threat at the goal line. But my argument here is that Gainwell is going to be basically equal to these guys. It's going to be Swift, Penny, and Gainwell. It's going to be a true three-headed monster. And if you're saying all three of these guys have more or less an equal amount of touches, Gainwell is by far the cheapest of the three at ADP. Also, this is a stat that I think is crazy, but like Kenneth Gainwell had, you know, I don't know, something like 11 fewer goal-to-go carries than uh, Miles Sanders last year. Like, they were okay getting it. When they got in close, they are okay giving it to Kenneth Gainwell between the tackles. Like, they use him in a variety of ways, not just as a two-minute drill guy or a passing down back. So, yeah, I'm buying into Kenneth Gainwell as a thing this year. Yeah, and to further prove your point, Barry, it's a simple one, but Kenneth Gainwell plays, and you can't always say that about Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. So if that backfield gets thin quickly, Gainwell's role can only improve. All right, number eight, James Cook will be the RB1 for the Bills and get north of 15 touches a game. Jay, we know they brought in Damian Harris. They have Latavius Murray there. But James Cook was drafted in the second round for a reason two years ago. He was, and Josh Allen's never really had that go-to running back that they've wanted. At the same time, there's just there's a lot of guys on that team now between Diggs and Davis and Cook and Harris and Latavius Murray and Dalton Kincaid, and there's just a lot of mouths to feed. So I agree that Cook is worth drafting you know, at his current ADP just because of the upside and what that offense could be. That could be the best offense in football. Uh, but I think, that, I think there's going to be some annoying situations where Damian Harris is vulturing, and some games he's just not as involved as he could be. Barry, is Cook one of those guys that's, you know, an adequate approach if you're going maybe zero RB or, or kind of waiting just a little bit? Yeah, I, I think he's better than that, honestly. I like I think he's somebody to, to actively target. Uh, you know, Jay just said it right there, right? He's just like, oh, you know, they have a lot of guys there. That's right. They have a lot of guys. Like, whatever. James Cook is a special talent. There's a reason that Bills went out and got a second-round pick. And I, I think the fantasy industry and drafters are reacting too strongly to Damian Harris coming in uh, you know, and, and getting the red zone work and getting that touchdown in the preseason game. Yes, Damian Harris or Latavius Murray or whoever, there will be some goal line touches that don't go to uh, James Cook. And Josh Allen, of course, is always a threat to run it in himself. Having said that, think about Ramondre Stevenson last year. And, and there's slightly different running backs, right, obviously. But the point is, is that Damian Harris was on the Patriots last year. He had that goal to go, you know, touchdown equity. Ramondre Stevenson had six touchdowns last year, literally just six touchdowns last year. And yet Ramondre Stevenson, because of his passing participation, because of his usage, was still a top seven running back in fantasy. And by the way, the Bills are going to play at a higher pace of play with a better quarterback and a better offense and be in scoring position more often than the Patriots were last year. So I just think James Cook, if you're telling me this guy's definitely getting 15 and north of 15 touches a game, in one of, if not the best offense in football, I'm in. I'm in on James Cook, and I'm not worried if Damian Harris vultures a handful of touchdowns over the course of the year. James Cook is going to get his. He's going to be the, the uh, a true three-down back for the best offense in football. Barry, for number nine, I know you were smiling ear to ear when you put this one in. You're buying that Sam Howell is going to be a very good fantasy streamer this year. 
Look, we've talked about him a lot. Future MVP, future Hall of Famer, Sam Howell, Hail the Commanders, Hail Victory. But look, all my jokes aside, Connor, you have to admit, uh, as somebody who breaks down film for a living, Sam Howell has looked pretty good this preseason. Looks dialed in, you know, getting Ray reviews in camp. There's a couple of things that you really like about this. Number one, he has a he has an aggressive play caller in Eric Bieniemy. He uh, he has elite weapons around him. Now I'm a little nervous about Terry McLaurin's toe, of course, but uh, assuming health for McLaurin uh, and uh, Jahan Dotson, along with a really nice pass catching running back in Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson will be used a little bit, whether it's Logan Thomas or Cole, Tom, uh, Cole Turner at the tight end position. We know what Curtis Samuel can do as well. All of a sudden, you're like, you know what? There's a lot of skill players around this kid who can run over 1,100 rushing yards in his uh, in his last college season. You think about what he did that one one NFL game, the last NFL game he played that start against Dallas last week. Like He was a top 10 fantasy quarterback that week. He had almost 40 rushing yards and a touchdown in that one game, his first game ever. So just the mobility, he I think he's potentially, Connor, you keep me honest here, but I think Sam Howell has Daniel Jones-like upside. I think he's got that kind of speed. And, uh, I mean, Daniel Jones was like a borderline top 10 quarterback last year. And what I like about him, listen, if you're going to bet on late-round quarterbacks in fantasy, you bet on guys that have a big arm and are aggressive with the big arm and run. Those are the two things. So Sam Howell, as long as he keeps that aggressive nature, which is really a special part of his game, as we showed in the highlights there, and does continue to run, there is going to be value for him in fantasy, Jay. Yeah, there will be. Uh, I'm looking forward to the footage of Matthew the Unicorn and the Teddy Bear after the show sitting down to watch Sam Howell YouTube highlights. But I think with Sam Howell, like why is there such a disparity between him and Anthony Richardson, just in perception? Because... Howell actually ran the ball 183 times his last year in college, whereas Richardson was a bit more of a reluctant runner, as we've talked about. Do you think the gap between, I mean, what, Sam Howell's going outside the top 20 quarterbacks, right. Richardson is creeping up towards the top 12. Is that warranted? Richardson has started to rise where you get a little bit of cold feet. You're like, okay, I liked him as my value pick. Now we see people taking him as a, a legitimate starter at times. And I think what Richardson, that combine, and I, this isn't an insult, but that combine at his size, what he was able to do from explosive scores and 40 time will always live with people. Yep. Now, does that translate onto the field? That remains to be seen. And Howell's just not that freakishly built, speedy kind of guy, more of a uh, scrambler, turn it into runs kind of guy. So I think that'll be the difference there. But in fantasy, all yards count the same. Yep. I, so we'll see. I, I'll say this. I, I think, Jay, you bring up a great point. I know how much it pained you to say nice things about Sam Howell, who is my QB2 in our Superflex show league. But, um, but you bring up a great point. And I think, honestly, some of it is just right. Anthony Richardson looks the part. By the way, we all like Anthony Richardson. This isn't to denigrate Anthony Richardson. We love Anthony Richardson here. But just Anthony Richardson looks like like if you were doing central casting for a movie, I need like the big superstar quarterback. Like he looks like Anthony Richardson, right? Like he just, he, you know, it's a it's a little bit of like the, you know, like I think there's a picture of like DK Metcalf on Hunter Renfro. And you're like, wait, these two guys play the same position, right, next to each other? Like, the fact of the matter is, is that he looks like an NFL quarterback, whereas, um, you know, uh, Sam Howell looks like, you know, I don't know, like creatine like Baker. bartender. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, so I think that's part of it, honestly. But I, I think there's, you could make the argument, and I'm a homer, so whatever, but you could make the argument, right, that he will run more than Richardson this year. Right, because again, we've talked about this. Anthony Richardson's instincts are not to take off and run, which it is Howell's. 
Howell had more rushing yards his senior year in college than than Richardson did. There's a chance that he runs more than Richardson, and we think they've got a better offense than the Colts. Like, he's certainly got more. I would take Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, uh, the running backs, and uh, Curtis Samuel over Michael Pittman, Alec Pearson. Who knows who's going to be the running back, right? You know, whatever. They got Jelani Woods and at tight end, and then, you know, maybe it's Deion Jackson or Evan Hull or Zach Moss. Like, I think you can make an argument that Howell does wind up with a better fantasy year than Anthony Richardson. It's not how I have them ranked, but I don't think it's a crazy question. And I think Howell is a tremendous value in drafts. Our last preseason storyline that you're buying into here, Barry, the Patriots offense will be much improved under Bill O'Brien and Hunter Henry will be a focal point of the passing offense. We heard so much after they signed Mike Gusecki, but it is clearly still Hunter Henry's show at the tight end spot for an offense that values the position. Look, first off, the, the idea that the Patriots offense will better be better, like nowhere to go but up. Like, I mean, let's just, you know, like that's a little uh, shooting fish in a barrel. But it has, looked, it has looked competent and put together in the preseason this year, whereas last year it did not. Bill O'Brien traditionally has used a lot of 12 uh, in, in terms of play calling. So the tight ends are a, uh, have always been a big part of the Patriots offense, and I think it will continue to be probably even more so with Bill O'Brien calling the plays this year. Hunter Henry has a connection with Mac Jones. Hunter Henry's good, man. Hunter Henry, like when he was with the Chargers, all he did was score touchdowns. He's been that way with the Patriots as well. Mike Gusecki already banged up. I know Hunter Henry's dealing with a little something as well, but the expectation here is that, like, they're going to need red zone threats on that team. And so I like Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is, after Luke Musgrave, Hunter Henry is one of my favorite late round, you know, two tight, if you're in a league that values, you know, tight end or deeper league. He's one of my late, uh, my, one of my favorite deeper league tight end late round flyers. All right, that takes us to list number two. These are the 10 chicken players, a nervous bird, right? Players that you just feel a little uneasy about, Barry. And here they are in DeAndre Swift, Mike Evans, Najee Harris, George Kittle, J.K. Dobbins, Dak Prescott, Drake London, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and Deshaun Watson. Barry, who's a player on this list um, that, you know, might surprise some people, but explain why you're a little bit uneasy about them? Look, I mean, a lot of these guys made my hate list as well. I'm just a little nervous. But how about one that I had, you know, I, I think Dak Prescott makes me a little nervous. Guy doesn't run anymore. He's averaging under 12 rushing yards a game the last two years. He lost Kellen Moore, who I think is a really, I thought that was a big loss for them. They want to run more and they're going to have a really good defense. So it's not going to get a lot of shootouts. J.K. Dobbins doesn't catch passes. Health has been an issue. Missed a lot of time in the preseason. Now, reports are obviously Todd Munkin uses his running backs in the passing game. So there's a chance that Dobbins, who did catch balls in college somewhat, you know, suddenly does discover usage in the passing game. But so far, we just haven't seen it. Three-headed monster there in Baltimore. So I'm a little nervous about J.K. Dobbins, especially in terms of where he's going. But all these guys have question marks around them. I'm sure they'll be fine. I have them ranked appropriately. But I've just found as I've gone through drafts, I just tend to draft, draft somebody that's similarly ranked and not actually deal with any one of these players. Our third list goes in a little bit of a different direction. These are the 10 unsexy players that will help you win. Barry, how about somebody on this list that, you know, people look at and they go, nobody cares, right? So you always say nobody cares when they're drafted. People kind of roll their eyes. But at the end of the day, they could be a consistent, helpful performer. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about Mixon, I, I think, is an RB1, but he's not really being drafted like that. Lockett as well. You know, I love... Uh, uh, David Montgomery. We talked earlier in the show about how we think the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to uh, really take a big step forward. 
Deontay Johnson has 85 receptions each of the last three years. He's one of only five wide receivers in the NFL that can say that. Obviously, touchdown regression in a positive manner is coming after he, he got so many targets last year and didn't score a touchdown. He was top six in end zone targets last year. So an improved Kenny Pickett and Steelers offense, I think, will help you on Deontay Johnson, who everyone got burned with last year, and so they're out on him. You know I love Amon Ross St. Brown, so how about the guy throwing him the ball? Jared Goff, top five in touchdown passes last season. 20.6 fantasy points per game when he plays indoors. As we've talked about so many times, seven of their eight final games are played in a dome this year indoors. And I also really like Isaiah Pacheco. He had 15 or more touches in every game from weeks 10 through 16. And we saw it in the playoffs, especially in the Super Bowl. Like they started using him in the passing game. I, I, I know there's some concern that CEH is going to be mixed in with him and McKinnon. And all of a sudden it's a three-headed monster. But Pacheco, I think, proved that he can be the lead back and maybe have some passing game usage on, again, one of the best offenses in football. Last one for me, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is just dominating targets in the preseason. They're going to have to throw to someone in Carolina. And Adam Thielen, who's basically been left for dead in drafts, I think is somebody that, as long as he stays healthy, will be a productive wide receiver three. With that, we're going to take our first break. But when we're back, we're looking at what's on tap as we get into some preseason risers. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Again, of draft season is upon us, and what better way to spend it than with us? There are two fantasy football happy hour marathons this weekend including a monster 16-hour marathon on Saturday, beginning at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Peacock. Guys, what are the chances someone watches all of that one? And you know what time it is now. What's on tap? What's on tap is brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Let's take a look at who is trending up heading into the regular season. As you see Barry's list here, including Damian Pierce, Darren Waller, Calvin Ridley, Sam Howell, Jalen Warren, Jahan Dotson, Tank Bigsby, Sky Moore, Luke Musgrave, who we talked about earlier, and Jake Ferguson there, Barry. Yeah, look, Jake has been, you know, gotten really kind of tight in one usage uh, for Dallas in the preseason. There was concern, is it going to be a split between, you know, him and Schoonmaker? And the fact of the matter is, it's clearly, this is Jake Ferguson's role. He's going to be the starting tight end for the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, now a member of the Texans. And speaking of Dalton Schultz, Top five among tight ends in receptions and touchdowns over the past two seasons. Now, they have a lot of mouths to feed. They've got Michael Gallup. They've got Brandon Cooks. Obviously, they've got Aits. My guy Aits there. Um, Not to mention Tony Pollard and Mike McCarthy said he wants to run. But I just think it's worth noting that the last couple of years, the Dallas tight end has been a big outlet for Dak Prescott and for this Cowboys offense. Jake Ferguson is going to be that guy, and so he's kind of a guy that has seen his value rise in the preseason. Jay, what about you? Who's somebody that, you know, is kind of trending upwards after the summer? 
Well, firstly, Connor, I love this setup with the bar uh, with Feeling our friends at Bud Light. Yeah, you kind of got to pour a couple of pints for the crew. Yeah, you got to. when you come back, you'll love it. Yep, you got a bit Ooh, of a Tom Cruise, a Tom Cruise in cocktail type of vibe. So I would be Brian Brown in that situation. Though it didn't end great for Brian Brown in that movie. Uh, not to spoil Cocktail, which came out in <laughs> 1988. Some curious listeners, right now. From Brian Brown to Cam Akers. Cam Akers is, uh, is my guy here who's a bit of a riser in preseason. I'm not sure there's been that much that's actually happened outside of now the Cooper Cup injury, Connor, which has created more uh, usage for Cam Akers going forward, I think. But it kind of in Rashad Penny 2021 fashion, I think it went a little bit under the radar, the fact that Cam Akers, he was white, uh, running back four the last six weeks of the season. And the last six weeks of last season, Connor, he still had the same bad offensive line. He didn't have Cooper Cup there to take away attention. So I think Cam Akers, who is, you know, an unsexy name in a way because of that offense, he's a guy who showed that he could produce in a pretty adverse situation last year. So I think that he's someone who's going to continue to rise up draft boards uh, as we head into the season. Barry, looking at the volume, purely volume, that Cam Akers should get in theory, are you buying in on that one as well? 100% 100% Cam Akers made by Loveless. He's one of those guys that I've been talking about all preseason about like there is there are these guys going in the middle rounds of drafts that are cheap volume because of where they're going, right? Damien Pierce to me is the is the poster child for it. We talked about Pierce, but Cam Akers, James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco, I think uh, Dave Montgomery, James Cook, all these guys are going to touch the ball 15 to 20 times a game. Brian Robinson is in that list as well. And so they're just some really nice, cheap volume going late in drafts. Cam Akers, who over the final six games was a top five fantasy running back last year, is certainly somebody who I think people are starting to warm up to, and he's seen his value rise throughout the preseason. Especially if Cooper Cup's going to miss time, like he may be all they have. The entire offense may be Cam Akers. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, a lot of running backs there, Matthew. I think there are some wide receiver parallels there as well, where guys like Marquise Brown and Michael Pittman, who are going to be on, I think, suspect offenses, those guys are going late in drafts just because people have this kind of physical aversion to the Arizona Cardinals offense and the uncertainty around the Colts. But those guys are just going to get a ton of targets like they did last year. Uh, And, I mean, you don't need to be on a great team and great offense to produce fantasy value. I think back to last year, kind of, Josh Jacobs won the rushing title on a pretty bad Vegas team. So you can definitely produce without being without scoring 35 points a game your team and winning games guys for me my preseason riser it's not really about what he did it's about what he didn't do and that's he didn't get hurt going into the season in Raheem, to Raheem Moster right yep. we saw we talked about this earlier in the week Jeff Wilson goes on the short-term IR Devon A. Chain it sounds like he'll be able to practice leading into week one but he's been dealing with a shoulder injury and he is a smaller running back so for Raheem Moster on a really good Miami offense, kind of be given given the keys to just go. And, yes, he's a guy with injury history, but his ADP didn't make sense. He was being drafted after Jeff Wilson. Now this injury is going to flip that. But Raheem Mostert purely staying healthy to go into the start of the season makes him my riser. Yep, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, again, people just don't want to get involved with that Miami backfield just because there are, you know, there are a lot of people there. There's Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson when he comes back uh, from his injury, and Devin A-Chain, who is everyone's favorite kind of pick there. But I don't know. I think Devin A-Chain is in a different tier to this, but kind of reminds me a little bit of the Isaiah Spiller buzz from last season, which just never materialized. And that is the thing often with rookies is that sometimes it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen for guys. They don't get the run that you hope they do. And I think Raheem Mostert is the safest guy to get work in that backfield at the moment. Very I think He's you took Moster in our draft yesterday. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Connor? I think you took Moster in our draft yesterday. No, that's correct. I did. I did. That's right. 
Friend of the show, Raheem Mostert. Raheem must start. Again, he's always been productive when he's been out there. Now he's got a chance to wait for it, run away with the Miami Dolphins starting running back job. He's going to have that opportunity. Health is always going to be a concern with him. But as the lead running back on a one of the best offenses in football, Mostert is somebody who's going way too late in drafts. And by the way, even if he misses some time, even if at some point, you know, hopefully the guy stays healthy all year long, but even if he does miss some time, you know, you'll getting the, uh, you know, getting whatever, half a season out of him as the lead running back of the Dolphins, I'm in. I'm in. And I, I can't believe you guys let me get him. I don't know where I got him, like probably the 10th round, 11th round, something insanely late. All of you guys just silly, silly. Well, firstly, uh, I love that Matthew persists with the Raheem must start uh, nickname, even though Raheem most literally came on the show and we posed to him which nickname he prefers between Matthew's Raheem uh, must start and my Raheem the dream. And he emphatically said Raheem the dream, Connor. Uh, so mm. maybe we should go with that one. But the other thing with Raheem most He's averaged 5.4 yards per carry in his entire career, which is just completely insane. That was basically what Jonathan Taylor averaged in 2021, one of the greatest running back seasons of all time. Now, it helps that he's been in Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan disciple offenses, but he's in one of them right now with Mike McDaniel. I think that that team, there's just going to be a lot of, to use basketball time, there's going to be a lot of space on the floor for him to get to the rim with that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle passing game, just meaning that he can't stack the box. And so I think that he is just going to be a guy who continues to produce. Barry, I want to tap into your list one more time. You like that, Jay? Terrible, uh, terrible. And talk about Jahan Dotson, because listen, I know this isn't the news you want to think about, but if Terry McLaurin, if this lingers, right, foot injuries can be a little scary and it does impact him week one or maybe beyond that. How much does that change the entire perception and usage of a guy like Jahan Dotson who can win down the field and now has a quarterback that can throw down the field? Last five games of last year, he had a 24% target share. First four games of last year, he scored four touchdowns. We've talked about this. Kid had 20 touchdowns in two seasons, his last two seasons at Penn State. Scoring touchdowns is a skill, right? Getting open is a skill. And I think when we saw Terry McLaurin go down in that preseason game, I think, what was it, you know, five straight targets or something like that for Dotson or four of the next five passes went to Dotson. Like, so uh, the talent's off the chart. He's somebody that has first-round draft capital. He produced last year when he's out there in the field. And there's a chance, again, you know, I'm praying that everything's okay, but turf toe can be tricky with wide receivers. And either way, even if McLaurin's out there, I think people are too low on Jahan Dotson. He's my wide receiver, 36. The talent's off the chart, and clearly there's already a connection between him and Sam Howell. All right, we're going to take our last break. When we're back, it's time for Last Call here at the Happy Hour Bar. We're looking at the best fantasy team names. Big Ten football is coming to NBC and Peacock to kick things off. West Virginia, Penn State, the premiere of Big Ten Saturday night. Here comes Saturday night. Jay, you'll be on pregame. I will be. Yeah, so looking forward to it. If you can't get enough of Jay on the fantasy football Penn State Jay. Penn State. And, <laughs> and he had, and, and I want to want to keep Jay honest. When you watch him on the pregame show tomorrow night, make sure they introduce him as being from fantasy football happy hour and not bet the edge. I'm going to be angry. I'll fire off an angry tweet or something like that. Don't, um, 
You know, they, we better get some pub, Connor. You and I better get some pub for Jay, you know, cheating on us. It's going true. over there to do some Big Ten betting. It's true. Yep. I will be tuning in. Noted, Matthew. Noted. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna, uh, for the 10 list of 10, we're going to continue that theme here and look at fantasy team names. You guys can straight up stop me if there's one you just have to talk about, but I'll read them through and we'll look back. The first one is from GergCon345. The summer I turned purdy. This is Greg's fantasy team name it's okay it's a good introduction yeah. one okay yeah that's, we're starting off slower here uh, Mets fan 126 Laporta potty I like that one uh, don't love the visuals at conjures but... <laughs> all right man. the next one from Dima B 549 Mama Mia Jameer we go again yeah it's good Jay's, Jay's... You like your reading of it too Connor yeah pretty I'm, I put the emphasis in Mama Mia uh, okay, the next one here from Perkle says... Hey, wait, hang on, read the other oh. ones there. To, evi- to Infinity and Bijan. To Infinity and Bijan. You know what? There's actually Pretty an good. opportunity there where that could be changed if you took Tagovailoa to uh, Infinity and Bijan. Yes, this one, yeah. er- Eric also went with To Infinity and Bijan. And then Hudat went with... <laughs> Alave when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> That's a good Shades one. Of, uh, David, Keanu Reeves and Hardball. Yeah, David, uh, David crushed that one. That's a personal <laughs> That's favorite. All right, this one from Ted. The Bryce is right. Shout out to the yeah. legend, Barker. Sure. Yep. Yes, of course. All right, and then FF uh, Ball Culture, Bijan Renaissance t- uh, Tour. Yep. You like yeah. that, Jay? Uh, yeah, you said that correctly. Yes, that's yeah, the right way to say correct. it. Beyonce. All right, the Mike Puma, Bijan Mustard. I believe that was a, uh, a play on a name in our league as well. It's growing popularity. All right, Kentness, Public the Enemy. And our last one here from Jeff, Pirine Into Your Soul. I don't know. What that's, that's pretty good. That's maybe terrifying. Yes. Come on. Who's the runaway favorite here, Jay? Uh, public League B enemy is good, but it's uh, it's a love when you call me Big Papa by margin. Yes, that's like yeah, uh, that's like runaway. the Bills playing, um, yeah, the the current LA Rams. Also, that like one... a couple other ones, uh, Django A Chained. I like that. That's, Django A Chain yeah. is a good one. Yep. Uh, Acres dozen, kind of another standard stock standard one. There's one stand out to you, Matthew. I like. I agree with you, but uh, after that one, I'll say I kind of really like to Bijan, to Infinity and Bijan. You know, Toy Story is one of the, my all-time favorite movies. It's my daughter's, uh, one of their favorite movies as well. So I have a soft spot for uh, Buzz Lightyear and the gang. So to uh, to Infinity and Bijan's pretty good. Yeah, that's why you have so many toys <laughs> with yes. you at all times. Yes, indeed. What is your personal bedroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I still have Laporta Potty okay. stuck in my yeah, image. So with do. that, we will send everybody to the weekend. Watch Jay on Big Ten Saturday night pregame. We'll be back Monday for Connor. For Matthew and Jay, we're out. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.